Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Epilepsy is real. It's something that they have to live with every single day. They have to be careful what they do. They have to be careful with everything that they do, how they sleep. Epilepsy is so life-changing, and people need to know that they're human. They're still here. Even though they don't go out in the boat, they're still here. Today is Purple Day, a day to support epilepsy and seizure awareness in Manitoba. It was created to help those who suffer from epilepsy feel less alone. Since this idea was first created, the idea has grown worldwide. And on March 26th, every year, people all over the globe hold special events and wear purple to show they care. We're joined today by Anita Apatagan. She knows all too well what epilepsy is all about. Her daughter was first diagnosed when she was just 11 years old. She's now 23 years old and still dealing with epilepsy. Today on Connections, she's going to share her family's story and what it's like to deal with epilepsy while living in a remote community. March is Epilepsy Awareness Month. And for people out there, a lot of people don't know what that's all about, but your family knows firsthand what it's like to deal with epilepsy. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, my daughter had her first her first seizure when she was uh, 11. She had, she had slept at her friend's place and didn't get much sleep the night before. And the next day she was, yeah, she ended up having a seizure. We didn't know, we didn't know what, what was going on, of course, but that was the start of it. And so from that time, it's been, uh, just a roller coaster of just trying to find the right medication, trying to, just trying to make her be okay. She's been, uh, she's a twin, and it's been such a battle for her. Like she's, she's, it's done so much for her self-esteem, for her confidence, everything about her. And so now she's 22, turning 23 in September, and we're still, we're still battling trying to find the right medication, the right dosage. She's gone through so many different kinds. And it's so frustrating, especially living here because we're so limited to the right health care. So she has a seizure, and, and when she has a seizure, she has multiple. Like, it won't be just one. It'll be one, and then she'll come down, and then she'll have another, and come down. Sometimes she can have up to five, and we call EMS. She goes to the hospital, and that's the frustrating part is that we don't have family doctors here. Uh, we just see whoever's on call. So they, so every, she's, it's like she's seeing a different doctor and like having to explain the whole thing over again. And, and then they call, they call neurology on call in Winnipeg. And we never got to, we never got to see, like since COVID started, we haven't been able to see a, a neurologist face-to-face. And like since I think 2017 was the last time we saw one face-to-face up until December, this past December, we happened to be in Winnipeg when she had some episodes and she ended up in emergency over there. But her latest seizure was not that long ago either, correct? Or her latest bout of seizures? Yes, she just had one last Thursday. As a mom, um, my son does not have epilepsy, but he's experienced five seizures in his five years on this earth. And just to watch that. It is absolutely devastating. You as a mom, when you first experienced this, 
what was that like for you? It was very traumatic because it's, it's, it's the most helpless feeling that you can have as a mom to not be able to take it away, to not be able to help her, fix her. Especially when, especially when the seizures are long, like one lasted over an hour and just that feeling of, come on, come out of it, you know, like, oh, it's just so hard. It's hard to, it's hard to watch, but it's also hard to, it's hard to live with because you just never know when it's going to happen. And now that she's an adult, like, we don't like, we can't leave her home alone and it's constant worry, constant. She can't, because she's limited to what, what she can and can't do, right? You mentioned being in a remote community, not having a family doctor. Um, yeah, maybe explain a bit more to that. Like for people living in cities and stuff, you're used to going to see your family doctor. What kind of obstacles has that presented to you in, in getting this dealt with properly? Well, like you, you, get, you go to Emerge, you see whoever's on call. And we have such a rotation of doctors. It's You'll see one doctor one time and then a new doctor the next time and a new, new one the next time. And each of them, of course, are concerned but are limited to what they can do. So they all, they're all they all trying to help, but they all write the letters for the referral. To, like she finally had an MRI done in December. And the last MRI she had was like when she was 16. Wow. Um, it's just frustrating because we can't do anything. So we were just lucky that when we were in, she had an MRI in December while we were in Winnipeg. And we were just, I won't say lucky, but we just happened to be at the right place at the right time where uh, my sister also was epileptic. So she totally understands everything and she's just as frustrated and, and, it just breaks everybody's heart to see see my daughter like this. So when she, when, like, it's been frustrating because nobody's doing anything for her. Like, for the past year, two years, like, I've documented every single seizure she's had, and it's been every week, every week, every week, every week, going into a merge, seeing a doctor and then she'll they make a phone call to neurology nothing's done gets sent home and it's, it was just it's just been such a tiring frustrating process and I'm just so I was so frustrated I was like I need we finally had a doctor that it almost seemed like they didn't care honestly and then we finally saw a doctor in October who happened to be here he was just a, a temporary he just was filling in and he was he seemed rather concerned and started to look into it further and he managed to get the MRI for December because it seemed like nobody was listening or hearing us they were just getting it was also routine because she was in emerge every week for the same thing and they kept trying to say that well what is she doing what is she doing it's like what do you mean what is she doing is she getting her off sleep is she taking her meds I said, well of course she is are you watching her I'm like She's an adult, and it's just been so frustrating. But this doctor managed to get her an MRI, and we went out there, and she ended up in Emerge while we were out there. 
have they been able to find anything from that MRI or get into this a little they bit? They did. They did happen to find something. Um, they found something in the front temporal part of her brain and on the right side. And because of that, the results of that, she had an MRI done again this past weekend. They wanted to, to, do, to repeat it to, to see it more clearly. They said it was a little blurry, but uh, my sister's doctor, my sister was venting to her doctor about the frustration that I'm going through with my daughter here. And he used to be a doctor that worked here years ago. And he's actually uh, jumped in. He's jumped in and he's just, he's just like baffled by why is nothing being done for her? Why, like, why are they not doing tests on her? Why are they, he just has all these questions. So he's managed to um, take her in as a patient. So she's got to relocate to Winnipeg for that because it's not allowed, right? You're not allowed to have a family doctor that, that when you're, where you're not living. Wow. Um, so that's, that's, that's where we're at. She had to relocate to get, to, and then so he's, we're still in a process. It's not fully there yet, but she's going to be relocating with my sister to go living with the pig so that she can have a family doctor who will oversee her health care, who will be able to give direction. Now, for most people... <laughs> They don't realize when you look at a person that has epilepsy, unless they're having a seizure, you have no clue that they have any issues. What would you like people to know about epilepsy? People with epilepsy feel alienated. They feel alone. They feel like no one understands. And I would want people to know that it's something that is constant in our minds, in our hearts that we have to live with. And people need to understand that, you know, they're just, they just want to fit in. They want to be normal and they want to, they just want to live a normal life like everybody else. And they can't, they can't. Like my daughter has to be one year seizure free to be able to get her license. And we've never, we've never reached that. The one time that she almost hit one year, she had another seizure and it's just, it's such a roller coaster of emotions, and it breaks my heart to see her this way because I want her to—I just want her to to feel normal. She's she's so beautiful, and she's just has such a low self-esteem and a low self-worth. It's very sad, and it's very scary. It's a scary thing. It's it's like my biggest fear is that something's gonna happen while she's asleep or while I'm at home. Like one time she had a seizure while she was in the shower and I'm like, oh God, I'm just so grateful that she, she was able to get out. One time she had a seizure in the middle of the night while everybody was sleeping and nobody heard anything. And while she was seizing her, her, her hand, her arm was resting on the, on the heater and she ended up with a, a really bad burn. And to this day still has a really bad scar from that burn. She, when she seizes, she bites her tongue. Like her tongue is so bruised up that she's like, and then it gets bruised up, and she can't eat. It's just—it's so sad. Like I'm, like it kills me that I can't take it from her. I can't, I can't do anything to help her. And like my sister, my sister's like almost. Well, she'll be forty this year. She'll be forty this year, and. 
she's been she's she started getting her her seizures when she was I want to say when she was about twenty twenty one maybe. And with her, she's been doing a lot of research, trying to trying to help herself. And she can't take with her. She can't take uh, generic medication. Her medication has to be the brand name of what she's taking. And there's been a few times where it's been changed with the pharmacy. And she gets so frustrated because she knows she knows when she's gonna get it. She knows how she feels when she's when when a seizure's coming. And so with her, the, the medication that she's on is very expensive, and she has to pay the difference. There are medications out there that will help that will help them, but they're too expensive, and it's just so so frustrating because why you know why why not if it's gonna help my daughter to be well. Why not? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Why wouldn't you want to epileptic patients to be well? So what's going to cost a few few more dollars? It's going to change their quality of life. How is your sister doing now? I know you mentioned, obviously, if she doesn't have the right medication, things are not going to go well for her. But if she's on the proper medication, how is she doing? She does okay. I mean, again, it's like... She's on like four different medications. And again, it's taken years to get her to where she is right now. And she's, it's a constant, it's a constant battle. It's like, if you don't get enough sleep, your day is just ruined. Like you can't, you twitch, you can't function normally, you can't, you get a headache. And it's like, it's just a, a cycle. It's unbelievable how much medication your daughter, I see a picture on your Facebook, just the amount of medication she's taking to keep things under control. What is that like for her? She doesn't complain about it. She, she doesn't complain about it, but I'm just like, like, yeah, she's on like one, two, three, three different medications, but each of them are like giant. They're huge bills. Mm-hmm. And then these, like, we've never had the brand name medication. We've had the generic medication. I don't even know how much the brand name would cost. She she takes them without complaining. She takes them three times a day. And she doesn't even take them with anything to drink sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Like, that's wow. just something that she's learned to live with and it's normal for her. She sounds like uh, she's brave, like she's a trooper. She's willing to do anything to get rid of these seizures. What do you want us to know about your daughter? And just her, herself, without these seizures, what kind of person is she? She's very quiet. She doesn't, she doesn't talk much, but when she talks, it's like, it's always very deep. Mm. She's a very kind. She's beautiful. She's, you know, she's just very sensitive, super sensitive. Can't say anything wrong to her. I can't say anything to her sometimes if she takes it the wrong way. After she has her seizure, she goes into a really sad place of a really depressing state and sometimes hard to get her out of that doesn't go anywhere she stays home all the time or she'll go to her sister's or I'll take just take her for a ride but she like she doesn't want to go anywhere because she fears that something's going to happen somewhere so it's really limiting her life and what she can do very very limiting and now that her sister's at the age where she's she's having babies I know it's I know it's bothering her 
because it's the kind of life she wants to, but I told her to that, you know, with the medication she's on, she's got to plan it correct. She's got to plan it right mm-hmm. because the medication she's on can cause birth defects. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. But then she doesn't have a boyfriend either. And I'm just, she just has very low self-esteem, very low. And I just, I feel for her. I feel for her because she just wants to live a normal life. I know that one thing you keep saying on all of your posts when it comes to your daughter and her epilepsy is that you pray that there will be a cure one day. Yes, I wish there would be a cure. Uh, What I wouldn't do to find that cure for her, for all of them. Like it just limits, it limits them to what they can do and what, you know, like they just want to live a normal life like everybody else. What do you hope moving forward that people will learn and will know about epilepsy. Epilepsy is real. It's something that they have to live with every single day. They have to be careful what they do. They have to be careful with everything that they do, how they sleep. Epilepsy is so life-changing and people need to know that they're human. They're still here. Even though they don't go out and about, they're still here. You know, they should be, if they have a family member who is epileptic, go see them. Go say hello. They're so, they're so lonely. They're so, they feel so alone because they, they're basically confined to their home. Thank you so much for making time for us today. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.